Welcome to Darker Days Radio, and we are back with another exciting episode. And this time we have an interview episode as we are joined once more by Matthew Dawkins from Onyx Path Publishing to talk about the, well, when this goes out, the Kickstarter will still be running for uh, Ghost Hunters, a new book, new expansion for the 20th anniversary line. Uh, I am one of the regular hosts, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Chick. Chick, how's it going? Going great, Chris. How you doing? Ah, good. Just waiting for my all the bits and pieces I said about my my ba- new bathroom to arrive, so it can be fitted. If it'll be fitted with lockdown on looming again in the UK, they and... finally have indoor plumbing there in the UK. I'm so happy for you. Congrats! Well, I, I still well, you know, if we we're fitting <laughs> it outside, we still do have the outhouse. Um, oh, okay. Outside. I'm glad that you have a backup. It's good to have. Well, no, it's not. It's not a backup. It's just it's just a place you could fit it if you wanted to fit it. Anyway, and uh, we are joined by, as I said, we're joined by our guest today, Matthew Dawkins. So, Matthew, how's it going? It's not going too badly, Chris. Thank you very much for asking. Given the uh, current state of the world, yeah, things could be a lot worse. What tier on the cake are you? Are you a tier one (laughs) or a tier two cake or a tier three? In terms of the UK definitions of lockdown, uh, (laughs) I think right now I'm I'm firmly tier one. I'm I'm foundation uh, cake. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm probably the. I've probably got a hard icing crust mm. and a thick fruity middle. Yes, I'm I'm definitely in a, a at a tier two level. I, I feel it's mostly stodgy, filled mm. with you know, kind of a Victoria sponge. Nothing oh, special, yes. but, but a bit dense. Right. <laughs> we, we can we can only aspire to the lofty heights of the the light fairy cake on top. Yes. And of course, Chick, you're you're in um, you're in Texas, where it's still boiling hot. Uh, it was a hundred degrees here yesterday, Fahrenheit. Uh, Fahrenheit. So that's, yeah, that's that's uh, thirty five, thirty six <laughs> degrees for you guys. Um, we have uh, hundreds of new cases uh, every day, um, and the governor decided that it would be a great time to reopen bars. So you know, we're just we're just running face first into it out here Excellent. in Texas. So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very frightening time. I mean, you know, we uh, in Britain like to mock our government's handling of COVID because what else can you do uh, other than vote for someone who isn't a conservative? But <laughs> it, it certainly looks bleak on your side of the Atlantic. So I do, I do have mm. uh, strong sympathies for you, Chig, and for your countrymen who are supporting the uh, asshole. <laughs> In the White House, but you know, it may may not be for long. Three more weeks. And for more colourful discussion, and for more colourful discussion about lockdown and horror, you can go to uh, episode one of Dread Cassette, where we talk about <laughs> lockdown horror films. Anyway, uh, continuing <laughs> on though, uh, yeah. So as I said, um, Matthew's here to talk about uh, Ghost Hunters, which is a yes. uh, new book which is currently uh, on Kickstarter. It is funded; it has reached its basic funding and is going through stretch goals uh but briefly we will talk about some news so as the ghost hunters is on kickstarter right now as this comes out you can go back it uh you can also go back to the streamed games for Save Against Fear, which are on Gehenna Gaming's uh, Twitch stream, we ran Go- uh, Orcs on Tour, and I also ran Sins Washed Away, which is a Chronicles of Darkness um, Mortals game. Go watch those. Go donate to the Badana Group. They do great things uh, for using gaming as a therapeutic tool. Uh, also out uh, now um, on PDF, so you can get thro- uh, get it from Drive Through RPG. Is Let the Streets Run Red, which is a uh, Kickstarter stretch goal. Uh, that was for Chicago by night for V5. You are correct. Uh, and now, um, as of time of recording, it's not available to buy. It's only been sent out to backers of Chicago by night. Oh, yeah. Uh, but 
hopefully by the time publication it should be. We're currently acquiring errata from the diligent readers who are pouring through it, looking for errors. I love fans like that. And mm. especially when they uh, message me directly to point out all the errors I've made in a book I've developed. I love it. Love it, Chris. <laughs> but uh, at, at some point in the near future, it'll be available for general sale, PDF, print-on-demand, and it's a book I'm very uh, proud of. I think the team did a sterling job with Let the Streets Run Red. I will be... Uh, I, I think I need to download my uh, backer copy of that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Arata from fans is great, um, having been on the receiving end of that, and well, at least seeing some of that with uh, Wrath and Glory. Um, yes, uh, I think that's all the interesting gaming news that's happening right now. Amongst other things. So I think we will move then over to our main topic, which is Ghost Hunters. So, uh, Ghost Hunters. It kind of says what it's going to do on the tin, but... What's the elevator pitch for Ghost Hunters for? Because this this is a book for World of Darkness 20th anniversary, and we've mm. had books for Hunters, Hunters Hunted. We've had the Imbued with Hunter, uh, the Reckoning. We've even had things like uh, Ghost Hunters of a sort with Orpheus. So, what does Ghost Hunters bring to 20th anniversary that we've not seen before? What's the elevator pitch then? Mortals from a wide variety of backgrounds, some government-sponsored, some the contractors for private corporations such as Orpheus, others the crews of reality TV documentary crews, all with a tiny amount of insight into the truth of the supernatural in that they believe or, or wish to disprove the existence and and as we know, Ghostness, and this is one of the very few games in the world of darkness that puts you in the shoes of mortals long term and gets you to experience what it's like playing a mortal in a rather uh, bleak and, uh, well, as the name implies, dark world. It uh, has all of the range of, of a game that can be played through horror and suspense through to dare I say it, wacky hijinks and comedic farce of something like Most Haunted, which mm. is a popular TV show over <laughs> in the UK. Um, or it was. But yeah, it's, it's a game that firmly plants you in the shoes of mortals and just starts exposing you to the supernatural by the way of ghosts. But uh, don't be mistaken, the other creatures in the world of darkness do exist in this game, and this book connects to all of them. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot there that it, it covers, and I think the first thing that I find uh, what what's exciting for this is that, as you say, it's a a book which immediately allows you to play mortals within the world of darkness i think the last time we've had books that do that are oh, world of darkness hunters hunted Mafia. 20th anniversary uh of course that one yeah that oh uh, yeah that's that's a good one but this one is obviously slots in with all the core books because that's one of the things um with the kickstarter it said that for to use this book you just need one of the other core books from the 20th anniversary line that's right. Uh, where Hunters Hunted is very much a companion for Vampire the Masquerade, Ghost Hunters can, in theory, work with any game. Mm. Uh, and the main reason it needs another core book, quite simply, is because we didn't want to add all of the attributes, skills, uh, basic system, and, of course... Ghost Hunters doesn't have a huge chapter dedicated to something like Discipline's Gifts or the like either. So uh, it's quite slimline as far as a core book goes, but that's why, in essence, it's a large source book for any one World of Darkness game. So in that respect as well, I, I can imagine it has uh, a lot of rules for ghosts as well. You, know, you could buy Wraith. Uh, to have rules for ghosts, but that's well, very much focused on the wraith experience. So this book has uh, more rules for ghosts? No, well, actually, quite the contrary. And that's a good point you raised, because as wraith exists, we were very conscious that we didn't just want to duplicate the work in wraith, nor did we wish to make it redundant by... Um, 
making new versions of ghosts. So while ghosts exist in this book, and we have started some out as examples along with some sample powers, yes, they are there. Uh, pretty much every World of Darkness core rulebook has rules for ghosts as well. So mm. given that you need one of those core books to play this game, it wasn't a... A great obligation of ours to invent a massive bestiary to put into the Ghost Hunters book as it is. Um, one thing we as a team wanted to do with this book is make ghost hunting more of a narrative experience, more of a social experience between the mortals you're playing, and what's more, make ghosts something less easy to define than a bunch of traits on a sheet because most ghost stories that you watch in the form of movies tv shows or read about such as the stories of mr james the ghosts aren't things that you can you know punch and banish or uh, and exorcisms are pretty pretty rare in those mediums too so more or less ghosts are ephemeral creatures that are driven as with wraith by their passions and their fetters and it's about appealing to those aspects of the ghosts to try and get them to move on to try and pacify them to try and gain uh, earn their trust as allies that sort of thing um so i see them more as a plot device than as a monster yeah so yeah i, I think that's one of the things i always found you know, looking to another game which involves a lot of ghosts is um is guys the sin eaters. I often see the ghosts there as more that you interact with as more another another source of information, another witness, uh, because you're trying to actually get to the heart of why there are ghosts, not, you know, as you say, punch the ghost, which is doesn't have to be the way these always play out. Oh yeah, well, Chronicles of Darkness does that fantastically with a lot of its uh, ephemeral and cosmic style entities such as the Idigam and the like, when you have uh, rules for essentially things like in Demon, how you could, might riddle something, or what is its weakness, what is the puzzle that you need to solve mm. in order to defeat it. That, to me, is far more interesting than knowing that a ghost has four dots in brawl and four dots in strength. Um, while those things can be laid out as well, um, because, again, the game you, you are playing or the game you're marrying this to may well have you interacting physically with ghosts, especially if it's Wraith, Orpheus, or uh, Vampire the Masquerade, and you're playing a bunch of or in V5 Hakata. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the most part, ghosts are operating largely on another plane. And so their interactions with you are, again, I've used the term, but they're more narrative in focus than things that you really need to roll against. There will certainly be things you need to roll against. If you're in a haunted house and things are crashing down around you, yes, you're going to need to dodge the chandelier. Uh, yes, you may need to beat a ghost's willpower and try and uh, talk it back into the room. I would say that, for the most part, ghost stories occupy a different place in storytelling than going up against a Sabat pack or hunting down a Pentex first team. Yeah. Uh, Chig, have you got some questions you want to um, ask more about the, the basics of the book or, or, um, or just generally the, the, uh, the structure and, and what this book is delivering before we get into some more details about kind of the type of ghost hunters you can play and how it fits with the other game lines? Yeah, so it sounds like you're, you're making this more of a ghost investigations book than a ghost busters book like more more in, more investigatory than actual you know confrontation is that right yeah i would say that's fair i mean we have an entire chapter that's uh titled storytelling but its main feature is to position ghost stories in various different ways and how you can tackle them in different ways for your group so it isn't always just going to be the same encounter but i would say for the most part it's in an, an investigative uh, easy for me to say investigative game uh reminds me of call of cthulhu in a lot of ways in that regard um in the the ghost hunting organizations do span everything from the arcanum who of course exist in Hunters Hunted as well, and uh, private contractors who are all tooled up, or a church-based organization who are dead set on exercising, through to amateurs who 
just want to capture a ghost on film and put it on YouTube. Um, I think the play experience from each of those is wildly different. But again, gives that Call of Cthulhu feel of you're playing characters who are plunging themselves into the unknown. And if you come away with slightly more than you left with, that's a, that's a success. Mm -hmm. That's certainly more of a success than vanquishing an enemy in this game. Um, so you can certainly go the Ghostbusters route because the book contains a large raft of devices, tools, techniques, and so on, which are quite reminiscent of Hunter the Vigil. And in fact, I've seen a lot of people compare Ghost Hunters to Hunter the Vigil. It does share some of its DNA, undoubtedly, in the way that you're playing unaugmented or non-imbued mortals and you're having to rely on your wits and you're having to rely on tools and tactics in a sense to to combat or to survive what you're going up against um, so yeah you can hunt ghosts because that's in the title you can bust ghosts you can kick hmm. ghosts in the face uh, but yeah I, I certainly think one of the best approaches and the primary approach is the investigation. Yeah. Um, where I mean, I think the big thing is like, where did this did the pitch come from? Like, where I, I'm interesting, like where this the idea was like, yeah, we can do this with the whole you know the timeline of the 20th anniversary books. When did it become apparent like this is a book that deserves to be done and maybe you know should have been done maybe years ago, and now is the time to do it? Uh, that's actually a very good question, because this book has been in development for quite some time. Uh, initially, I wrote my section for this book as a humble freelance writer back in 2016. Wow. So it's... And I've come back onto the project since then to sort of ferry it over the edge in terms of development. But the, its catalyst was an awful lot of ghost media that existed back then and still exists now. I would say that ghost stories kind of fell out of vogue until the found footage era was reignited mm. uh, in terms of TV and movies. And yes, I mentioned Most Haunted, but that's got a very found footage feel to it. It's quite low budget. There's a lot of jerking the camera around a lot. One could ascribe Blair Witch Project as the first of the revitalization of the ghost genre, but it still took quite a long time after Blair Witch for the paranormal activities, insidiouses, conjurings, and things like yeah. that to come out. Uh, and after, since then, there has been a constant surfeit of ghost movies and people more engaged with ghost stories. So it felt like a natural addition to the world of darkness to have mortals facing ghosts. But we'd already done Orpheus in the Wraith core books. There was not much point doing a separate Orpheus 20th anniversary, especially as we hadn't done Hunter the Reckoning 20 or Demon the Fallen 20. So... We looked at the options available to us, and it was quite exciting to be able to revisit the old black books of World of Darkness uh, in first and second edition World of Darkness, so early to mid-90s. You had books like World of Darkness Mafia, World of Darkness Mummy, World of Darkness Sorcerer that were all supposed to be supplements to an existing World of Darkness core book. Very few of them stood on their own, or were supposed to. They were supposed to expand existing books. And we thought, well, can we do this with Ghost Hunters as well, catching on to a very popular genre in media? And that's where it came from. Uh, all of the writers on this book are big fans of ghost stories. I think they are embedded in the culture, especially um, in I know that you know. There's you can't walk into a city without finding out there's a ghost trail. This is this is the most haunted pub in the county and <laughs> things like that. And that's lovely. You know, I like that element of our culture over here. But it, so well, well, that made it very fun for me to work on because I could bring some of that out um, in a way that I couldn't in Wraith because I worked yeah. on Wraith as Wraith is a hell of a lot deeper. I think there's 
a benefit to having a and this may sound insulting, it's not intended to be, a shallow game of ghosts where ghosts are more represented by their core, their passions and fetters, as I mentioned earlier, than having to go the whole hog and give that ghost a character sheet to make them worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and that, that comes through playing mortals. It's, it's looking at wraiths through a mortal lens. But yeah, mortals don't care what arcanoi they've got. They don't know anything about Argos and the rest. Yeah. Uh, they they just see ghosts and they can see what ghosts can do. Yeah, it's yeah. There's an entire so so ghost media is ridiculous now because as you said, like yeah, there was obviously Blair Witch. Then there was um, Paranormal Activity and all the uh, all the sequels and all the things mimicking it. Uh, and then we've just got, yeah, as I say, Most Haunted has been going since about 2000 and something, very early 2000s. And... Yeah, I don't know if they've channeled Derek Akora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> since, uh, since his departure from the mortal realm. But I hope when they do uh, that the medium speaks with his voice and it's sort of Michael Parkinson uh, channeling the dead way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah. There's also, of course, the classic is Ghost Watch for for really good classic kind of ghost stories. But yeah, I mean, you can't. Uh, I mean, check over over in the UK on like sat on like uh, you know satellite TV or cable TV. I would say it's equivalent. There's certain channels where it's literally in the evening. It's wall to wall reality TV. Ghost Hunters, of course. You've got Ghost Adventures, and then you've got Ghost Hunters International, and you've got ghost bros and all these things it's out there um each one not gonna lie that sounds horrible (laughs) that sounds awful Uh, the horror channel over here used to be so fantastic emily booth in the evening introducing (laughs) independent horror movie and now it's just all awful ghost hunting (laughs) series where they're recording everything through green vision those horror, are much cheaper to get. Still, horror Channel still horror is horror is still horror actual films. Um, it's all the reality oh. TV channels which have just gone full ghosty nonsense. Which oh, that's a relief. I never yeah. watched those channels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's it's interesting because if you watch all of those, you can have very different styles to how you run your your ghost hunters. And I think that's something you picked up on. Like most haunted's got a very different vibe to ghost adventures where they antagonize the ghosts uh, versus another one where they try to do uh, the most recent one. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got the guy behind the Dear David um, Twitter story of uh, being Mm. haunted by a ghost. And so that's trying to bring like social media as some sort of element to it. Um, And yeah, whether you believe it or not, there's there's times you're kind of like, that does seem a little weird. And then other times it's like, you saw nothing. Like it's just Yvette Fielding screaming at something that you didn't see that's clearly off camera and didn't happen. Anyway. But, uh, but that, no, but it's, it's worth going into because that kind of suspense, the mounting up of fear based on your surroundings and the limited tools available to you is what makes a ghost story scary. It's what makes yeah. uh, M.R. James' ghost story scary because it's almost always someone completely innocuous stumbling upon something or digging something up that they absolutely shouldn't and they end up paying the price for it and hopefully they either return the stolen artifact or they end up screaming and ending up in a sanitarium or dying you know being found with their face contorted <laughs> as is always the way but you know i like that i think that it's, it deserves its place in the horror milieu because it's it's just as I guess pertinent to to us to our our desires as an audience and the kinds of things we want to play as vampires or werewolves or any other creature from the world of darkness. And I think also the other thing is it's quite timely is that we're also getting some really good kind of uh, horror. Not fi- well, there's horror films, but there's also horror series which are obviously leaning back into more classic ways of depicting ghosts. So it's not always just pure jump scares of some creepy no thing. no um they what is it on netflix the uh, of blythe manor uh bly manor, bly manor uh, is the new version yeah the yeah. other one is um house on the hill haunting yeah. uh, I, I always get mixed up with the hill board house. game yes hill house that's it not the house betrayal at house on the hill that's a board game yeah 
Um, and Ghost Stories uh, actually is a movie by uh, Jeremy Dyson, I believe, of the League of Gentlemen over here, mm. uh, which was also a play in London, both fantastic. And the movie did quite well and is currently available on the iPlayer completely. So if you're in the UK and can watch it, I certainly recommend it. It inspired me a great deal for my writing in this book. And with this book coming out for uh, the 20th anniversary, is this kind of, is this the, the, the final book we'll be seeing for the 20th month? I know, I know people I are like know. buying other things, but <laughs> is, is it pretty much, uh, I mean, because I can't remember where we stand with like, are we ever going to see Hunter or are we going to ever see Demon? I mean, that, I know that a lot so, of that relies on Paradox, of course. Yeah, I don't want to sound cheeky and say we publish what we can get away with. However, <laughs> um, so obviously Ghost Hunters is a bit of an oddity in that, as I say, it's been in development for the last four years or so. There's various reasons it's taken that long. Part of it's part of its Sonic's Path, part of it's Paradox, part of it's been waiting for various other things to be released beforehand, either by us or things to be announced by other companies. So... There's that. Um, but other books have been announced since then, mostly related to Mage the Ascension, uh, with yeah. the 20th anniversary edition of which is still going strong. Uh, and I imagine the 20th anniversary edition for Mage will continue to go strong until a Mage 5th edition is announced. Um, when And this is pure conjecture on my part. So I've got no great insight into it, but... I could very well see the justification for Paradox to say, okay, so there's a Wraith the Oblivion video game coming out, a virtual reality one, so we don't want any more Wraith 20 books because we're now we've got to start thinking about how we're going to do Wraith 5th edition. We don't want to be sending players of our video game back to buy an edition that came out three years ago. We want them to buy something new. And the exact same thing with Werewolf. Obviously, there was a fifth edition RPG announced around the same time that the video games were announced. And I imagine you will see the same things eventually for Mage and Changeling. Um, but until then, I hope that we get to keep making Mage 20th Anniversary Edition at the very least, and maybe some more of these black books. We've yeah. unlocked some stretch goals for Ghost Hunters, so that does mean we will be getting more 20th Anniversary Edition books. Uh, so, yeah, here's hoping, because a lot of people love the 20th Anniversaries. Uh, some people don't see it as the 4th edition. Some people like to view it as the sort of Celebration Edition, the Compendium Edition. However you view it, if you use it at the table, we've done our jobs. We just want to make books people enjoy using. And I think a lot of people will enjoy playing Ghost Hunters. Cool. Okay, let's um, change track then, because we've been talking about really where this book comes from, what it's trying to what it's trying to deliver. So let's talk a bit more about some other bits in the book, because obviously this has got to cover a lot of things. So, Chig, where do you want to start with uh, with trying to dissect a little bit? Uh, well, you've already mentioned that it is at least primarily for mortals. Um, are there rule and well, you said primarily for mortals, uh, but you, you've also mentioned uh, the Giovanni and some other crossover type groups. Uh, what all is in this book? I mean, I, I understand that it is primarily for mortals. We get that. But uh, are there rules for Giovanni? Are there rules for Slua or Nosferatu or Silent Striders, other splats that traditionally have interacted with uh, the spirit world? Uh, we've not included rules for those supernatural creatures because those rules already exist in their core rule books. And again, we're trying not to duplicate anything, uh, partly to keep the page count down, quite frankly. Uh, the lo lower the page count, the cheaper the book. Uh, but. Yes, so you're right. It does mean we have a strong mortal focus. However, we do have rules for playing mediums. So much akin to the Chronicles of Darkness core book, where you have where you can buy various merits and so on to make your mortal stand out in the in a, in a way, uh, and you can do so keeping them perfectly mundane, or you can do so in a way that allows them to interact with the ephemeral. We've got the exact same thing here, so it's not obligatory. You can play your mortals as a bunch of students who are 
making a horror movie in their gap year, you know, and they decide to visit the abandoned asylum on the moors, and of course, everything bad happens, uh, and just play it as a typical horror story. Or you can start incorporating mediums, and you can start having people that work for the Orphic Circle, uh, the Chamber of Corvi, or the even more discreet corners of the Arcanum that are, yeah, even more subtle than the Arcanum is in general. So there's lots of options for how you can customize your mortals. You've got character creation rules in here, so you're not confined to just playing with the with with how each character is built in each of the supernatural cores. Um, but through things like the case files that are introduced in this book, the fiction, the in-character artifacts, we link Ghost Hunters up to pretty much every other World of Darkness splat in some way. Sometimes it's as obvious as, I think one of the case files I wrote references Horatio Ballard uh, from Chicago by Night. And I wrote this before I wrote Chicago by uh, developed Chicago by Night, but the idea being that one of the characters in the case files stumbled onto the fact that Horatio Ballard appears to have been around for over a hundred years or thereabouts, and so this mortal is pretty convinced that this person's a ghost. Because what else could mm. they be? Because as far as most mortals are concerned, and I think you could probably extend this to our world. Ghosts seem more a re more reasonable prediction than vampires, and I'm not sure why that is, but that's that's certainly the feeling I get. That I think if people consider the numinous, the supernatural, they're going to defer to ghosts before they start thinking changelings exist, as an example. Uh, but we do things like that. We play with the supernatural creatures through things like these in-character artifacts, through the organizations and their backing, because it then allows ghost hunters to interact with them. And it means that if you want to have a crossover group where you do have vampires and mortals in the same group, rarely a good idea, or changelings and mortals, mages and, mortals, mages and sleepers, slightly... Um, slightly more palatable then you can do so and it doesn't break anything and in fact you know uh, if you hang around with these sleepers long enough and you expose them to enough that's supernatural yes their minds might break or they might experience an awakening and it, you can play a long ghost hunters game as a prologue to a mage the ascension chronicle so yeah lots of ways of uh, using the supernatural creatures and ghost hunters awesome um, so yeah, with character creation, then uh, I, I think that's it. Uh, what kind of tools are we getting in there as well? So I imagine there's like quite a lot of merits, which would be, I'm thinking, kind of similar in style to the type of things we may have seen in, in, in a similar game in Hunter the Vigil, which like explain maybe someone's professional background, maybe as well as yep. their training, maybe tactics or something similar that isn't called tactics, but kind of acts in the same way. Yeah, yeah, know. no. Uh, you are hitting it right in the nail. As I said, it shares some DNA with Hunter the Vigil, and it is largely in the form of the merits and flaws, backgrounds. Um, the there we've got Numenor and equipment in there as well, which you could very well use to build an Ashwood Abbey Hunter uh, for a game of of Ghost Hunters if you really want to. Now, this isn't it isn't just a canny way of reverse engineering Hunter the Vigil into the world of darkness because Hunters Hunted already kind of does that, but without intending to. Um, but I would say that the way you build characters in Ghost Hunters is going to be very reminiscent for people who do like Hunter the Vigil of that process. And likewise, that tends to be how you play these characters. Yeah, I, I, I would actually, I would say I would compare it more to um, compare things possibly to the old um, blue book, the, uh, what was it? Why can't I think of it now? It's the one that had um, all the, different hedge wizardry in it in chronicles of darkness what was the name of that book it was blue um, um book was... of spirits oh hang on there's lots of old blue books that it's have things book like that spirits it was it wasn't antagonist it came out <laughs> after antagonists why can't i think of it it was a beautiful book it had so many weird things in it as well as how to run like mortal cults and also weird cults um 
but yeah, that book is is I can see a lot of comparison. Second sight. That's the one. That's it, yeah, second sight. Well, second yes, sight. well That's remembered. Um, it's a fantastic yeah. book, and I feel ashamed for not remembering the title. I mean. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, and I guess because we've got so many, because we see on TV so many different types of ghost hunters and and in media as well. As you say, like the the students who start making a movie and they go somewhere and it's clearly haunted, and they start going off on that tangent of trying to capture the ghost on film uh, versus say ghost hunters which are using you know night vision and xbox connect kind of laser grid type <laughs> stuff and then up to yeah. perhaps something we've seen in we were talking about in the previous episode about crossovers um the film spectral on netflix where you've got like a darpa researcher that has a multi-spectral visualization and ghosts are this 3d printed it was Einstein condensate uh, thing. Mm. Um, well, see, I, I, I'm a really, really big fan of the Arcanum. Uh, I know I mentioned them and the Orphic Circle. Uh, I love the idea of rather cold-blooded researchers going yeah. about finding, you know, finding out about these ghosts and kind of therapizing them. Yes, uh, you know, while while you have one of these researchers, one of the player characters, uh, studying the room for ectoplasm and signs of a ghost's loop, its behavior, and so on, you'll have another one sitting down in the chair and attempting to talk the ghost down, attempting to say, you know, uh, either I'm threatening your fetter right now, so you're going to listen to me, or how can we help you protect your fetters, or words to that effect, uh, because these are organizations that desperately want to understand everything there is to know about the supernatural even at mm. great cost to themselves as as we find out in many games but yeah there's something very appealing and um, you could of course punch these organizations together you can have the and it's perfect for a one shot in that regard you can have the uh, camera uh, operator and the cheesy host and they have enlisted mm. someone from the Arcanum, and they have enlisted an exorcist, and <laughs> and so on. And you know the financier is there as well, just to make sure they don't waste studio money. And all of a sudden, you've got a group comprised of different people from different backgrounds, different organisations, all with different motives, and yet they're all ghost hunting. Uh, so yeah, um, I think I, I just love the the built-in number of backgrounds and origins your your characters can have in this game. I think it makes for a really versatile World of Darkness experience, which you don't always get when it comes to sect or tradition, uh, especially for new groups, but I think this is just really accessible. Mm. And uh, it, it's funny what you were saying about like building that group of ghost hunters, because I've done that for Chronicles of Darkness with... Um... What did I do? They were called. It was a group called. I called them Ghost Stalkers International. They were trying to make it big, and uh, I reran <laughs> um, using second edition. But I reran uh, the terrible tale of James Magnus because it is a full haunted house scenario. So mm -hmm. um, I'll be really keen. I think it'd be really cool also for for this to see scenarios built in a kind of a similar manner where you've got the the ghosts. You know, you've got the location and the rooms and each area has a has like a, a form of manifestation um does does this book go into how to structure your ghost stories maybe and how to it, structure those investigations it does indeed uh, that's what the i think one of my favorite chapters in the book is the storytelling chapter which is a rare thing to say because storytelling can come across as teaching storytellers how to suck eggs but this one really goes quite deep into how to structure an investigation or a mystery, uh, different ways of approaching ghost stories and having using ghosts as antagonists or as pawns or as essentially collateral damage when you're actually hunting a vampire, that kind of thing. Uh, so, I, yeah, uh, in short, this book definitely contains that sort of information. Uh, I would say that by the time you've got to the end of it, and maybe this is a bold claim. By the time you've got to the end of it, you should have at least three ideas floating in your head of games you want to run that you haven't thought of before reading it. And this book has all the tools you need to do that. And talking about tools, the type of tools at 
that ghost hunters can use in this uh do they how how broad what kind of things do we see you've spoken about you can have religious there's like very religious ghost hunters there's some that are mediums or maybe mm -hmm. edge wizardry and then i'm surely there must be some that have some perhaps on the very edge of what could be called mundane science before a technocrat comes in and you know says no you, you're a cutting edge technology a bleeding yeah. edge technology yeah uh, i think uh it, well yeah we do have everything from the uh vaguely supernatural through to the high tech which should only be in the hands of people who are properly trained to use it and yet uh <laughs> often isn't and I think actually using the technocracy in a game like this is a really interesting turn that you can approach uh, Ghost Hunters with because ghosts are one of those things that are outside of the technocracy's control, very much so. And they're also the kinds of things that most technocrats really dislike for that reason. Uh, they're the kinds of things that can make sleepers wake up, which generally isn't the desired effect. And they are just so damn... Well, without trying to typify all technocrats as grey-faced um, drones, they're just so damn passionate. Uh, so I, I love the idea of a syndicate mage, syndicate will worker, uh, you, hiring a ghost hunters group to essentially exorcise a ghost because the syndicate <laughs> mage doesn't want to get involved in any of this frankly out of control numinous nonsense uh, this is not anything to do with him but he will bankroll the team that films it and mundanifies it because yeah. <laughs> if they can just present this ghost as just another load of bullshit that should be on a reality tv show and yeah no one's going to believe it this is before the second inquisition and even the second inquisition would probably think twice about um oh, it's just some most haunted crap but yeah it's a very good way for technocrats who are trying to achieve consensus of reality you know don't believe in all the supernatural thing by making it all seem like a big game show make it all seem like reality tv with jump scares who cares if it's authentic no one's going to believe it and if they do succeed in getting rid of the ghosts then even better our money has so, been well spent so in other words you're suggesting that you could have your ghost hunter crew and their producer is a technocrat in the style of simon cowell who is banging yes. on them and manipulating them and is a complete asshole uh, but that's a really fun NPC to run there. Um, that does sound hey. like a fun NPC. <laughs> <laughs> and I love uh, the Syndicate. Oh, man, why do uh, I think well, I love the Syndicate now as well. I used, used to hate them, but I love them now. Well, and what um, I particularly love about the idea of using a Syndicate Mage in something like this is ultimately, by the end of it, when the Syndicate Mage is doing his accounts and <laughs> checking the spreadsheet and thinking, okay, so what did we achieve today in that burn-after-reading style? Uh, you know, what did we learn from this? Fuck all. No. Uh, what did we learn from this? Well, I used my money to successfully quash a haunting, and no one is any the wiser. Therefore, I am actually a very skilled magician, because I just used cash to solve a big problem, a big breach in reality. So, mm. you know, clap your hands together. That's a job well done. And God forbid a uh, a void engineer gets uh, gets in on that. Um, oh well, yeah, I think there could be conflict of interest there. To be honest, <laughs> the void engineer will probably try widening the rift just to see yes. what else came out. Um, Chick, have you got some more follow up questions? Because I think we're definitely moving uh, from the how you build characters and kind of uh, the type of ghost hunters. And I think we're moving more into how this interfaces with what we spoke about last episode, which is about crossover so uh any other interesting crossover questions uh i know that we've well uh hunter's uh 20th anniversary has been mentioned in this episode uh mm. is there any is there any crossover potential I'm, well there's potential obviously but is there any in you know in fact crossover mentioned with <laughs> uh, with the hunters in this book the imbued the imbued uh, so, no, we don't have the imbued in this book simply because we haven't been able to present them for 20th anniversary yet. Uh, that's not our choice as Onyx Path, and that's not to th throw Paradox under the bus either. 
I would love to develop Hunter the Reckoning 20th anniversary and Demon the Fallen 20th anniversary. I could take or leave Hunter the Resurrection, Mummy the Resurrection, I should say. My um, favorite game? You and three others. Not, not, not my favorite game. That, <laughs> that, that was that was my audience stand-in voice. Somebody uh, out there loves it. It is actually a very well-written game, but uh, sadly, it doesn't necessarily translate to popularity. But no, we don't uh, include rules in here for playing the imbued, though it would be very easy to do. I mean, the fact is with the 20th anniversary editions, the rules are changed so slightly from the previous editions, uh, being the revised editions. And as Hunter the Reckoning was only released for revised edition anyhow, if you have the core rulebook, slotting it into a game of Ghost Hunters isn't a problem. I think where you would have a problem is tone uh, in the sense that, well, if you've got a hunter who is imbued and they're hanging around with a bunch of mortals that are not, uh, you kind of lose the suspense immediately of what if these ghosts try to hurt us? And one could argue that's the problem with Hunter the Reckoning full stop. And the reason that arguably Hunter the Vigil is more popular and the Chronicles of Darkness Mortals book, it, the Blue Book, is more popular than Hunter the Reckoning because when people want when people want to play Mortals, they want to play Mortals as vulnerable, squishy, mm-hmm. and Hunter the Reckoning does quite the opposite. As the famous piece of art where a hunter is impaling a werewolf on a silver spoon shows, uh, it's. I love Hunter the Reckoning for a whole bunch of reasons, but and it certainly could work with Ghost Hunters, but it isn't the kind of game I would run. Now, pairing Demon the Fallen with Ghost Hunters would, I think, be fantastic. I would love to see a demon riding a human skin uh, go on a ghost hunt for some reason, usually to interrogate a ghost and find out some information about what's leaking out of the labyrinth now or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, there's crossover to be had with the games we haven't released yet, and the good news is that the games we haven't released all had revised editions, so they're easy to pick on drive through RPG and are very easy to integrate. Well, you're mentioning um, Demon the Fallen does uh, kind of lead into our, our next question. Uh, paranormal investigators, but not just for ghosts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's luckily one of the things we've unlocked, one of the stretch goals we've started. We unlocked a greater toolkit, so even more devices, tools, and so on. But most exciting to me, because I do love a good bestiary, is that we've uh, already unlocked one section of what is effectively a monster manual for ghost hunters. So I imagine we're going to start seeing cryptids of various kinds, and we will also hopefully be able to slot some demons in there, some infernal beings, whether that's demons in the Demon the Fallen style or more sort of Devil's Due, uh, I guess... Well, Chronicles of Darkness, de- not not Demon the Descent style, but you know, in fact, there's been something like four different kinds of demon now in, in Chronicles yeah. of Darkness. But I'm thinking more along the traditional lines of an infernal spirit, um, like the Exorcist, for instance, a Pazuzu type. But yes, uh, I think we... I'm going to have a lot of fun. I don't know whether I'm going to be developing that book yet, but I'll be overseeing it in my role on Path and I'll certainly be making some pointers into where can we go with Ghost Hunters to make it, as you say, a monster hunter game, a beast hunter game. Uh, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I mean, it offers up a, a, some other interesting ideas because I'm sure, obviously, people that play these games obviously surely have encountered series like Supernatural, um, mm. which are your mortal uh, hunters. And by ha- adding in... Um, the cryptids and other creatures and perhaps things that are vampires but that aren't kindred uh, would really you know, lend itself well to those games and have really diverse and different um, kind of uh, horror experiences. Um, and especially because like early, early Supernatural had a lot more ghosts in that series than angels and bloody demons all the time. Yeah, um, well, yeah, it very much uh, got drunk on its angels and demons, didn't yes. it? 
and then also the other way you can you can with going back to reality tv by having cryptids and uh and so forth and bigfoot and so forth you can then start emulating things like uh what's the series i think it's called mountain monsters or something it's just like yes <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> that's the, the bigfoot uh yeah making and um, that'll be a really cool thing is how do you trap these things so i'm sure you'll have you'll you'll be exploring like teamwork and tools for characters where they build ridiculous mm-hmm. traps for giant oh, i don't know giant like you know crocodile well, let's go for the yeti yeah the, yeah the giant crocodile in the, uh, big cats in the uk and stuff like that um yeah wow it's no Mark i'm really man. excited for that Mothman is yeah, oh Mothman, yeah the uh, oh gosh, what else could you have? Uh, Knuckle of a and um, oh, lots of lovely mythological creatures. But I think um, what's most fun, and it's often the case in these movies as well, is the crew will go out trying to catch sight of these or try and prove the existence of these creatures, and then they'll have no plan for what they do once they've proven its existence and pissed it off. No, no, it's just, mm. run away, camera jerking all over the place. We need to get the hell away. We didn't think that far ahead. We didn't actually think we'd see the damn thing. And that's where the syndicate made. She was sponsoring the expedition, slaps his forehead. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> shit, now people know this thing exists, and I can't silence it. Well, uh, now we can send in the, uh, the void engineers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something which I think really, uh, as my personal suggestion, because um, it was something we talked about a lot on Dread Cassette with uh, my partner Sam and Crystal, was um, the fact we get a lot of these uh, Zoom call or Skype call type horrors, uh, you know, like mm. Unfriended and um, whatever the most recent one we were talking about on that episode. Uh, it'd be really interesting to like how even advice on how you can because it'd be really you could actually really larp that kind of game using ghost hunters for world of darkness then uh given you know everyone's online it'd be interesting to try and uh try and have maybe guidance on building that type of ghost experience uh yeah using you know your smartphone and and so forth and you know i like that idea consider it stolen (laughs) <laughs> hired, you're hired, kid. <laughs> um, right, where do we want to finish up? Because I'm, I'm really interested to see what other stretch goals are coming. But obviously, they're only announced as each one, as one is knocked down and the next one pops up. I think there's a, a backers T-shirt is on there, an expanded monster hunting kit, which will mm-hmm. be more cryptids, more build your own monsters. Um, interestingly. Is this the point where I would even say with cryptids, and I've and this was something that, that was in a really one of my favorite going back to supernatural episodes was the an immortal who was able to like keep himself alive by he was basically a self made kind of like Frankenstein's monster. He was oh, like, uh, like, like the patchwork organ. man from Chronicles yeah. of Darkness. I yeah, really like Mummy the Curse. Or, and it's very similar in sense to created beings like we've seen in Prometheus. Yeah. It'd be nice to have at least even just as an antagonist that type of creature. I agree completely, Chris. I think it would be wonderful to have a Frankenstein's monster, you know, kind of creature, or even a Dorian Gray style immortal. Should uh, we even say I, aliens? <laughs> I would I, like aliens. I'm not saying aliens, but uh, if <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a book for aliens. In the world of darkness, to my mind, as we're never going to see Alien the shitting thyself or whatever that may <laughs> be, um, I think this would be it because Alien the probing, yeah, it's got to be probing. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the Greys phenomenon of way back when it isn't what it was. It has in fact been replaced very much by ghost hunting, but UFO hunting isn't. It is still a thing, and anyone who has watched Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix uh, will know that I think one of the episodes on there was related to UFOs. That was the one I skipped. So there's still an interest in there, but um, I would, yeah, I'd love to do something alien related. Uh, hell, we could probably plumb the depths of Werewolf the Apocalypse to expand some of the alien creatures that are in there that we didn't get to put in Book of the Worm 20. I'm trying to remember the Vajunka and another one, the name of which I forget, but, you know, they're utterly weird. They were introduced in Book of the Worm 2nd edition. There's plenty of aliens in Mage as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. 
I, I'm going to try and get aliens in. Let's see if Paradox let me. Because again, with aliens, it's the same type of thing where you know you're not, you're never going to be in a position to, you know, punch out Thor from Stargate. Um, <laughs> but you know, you're dealing with the repercussions of of people that have been taken and something's happened mm -hmm. to them. I mean, that's and that's typical if you go back to like X Files episodes. You never get to see the aliens. You never get to. Mulder never gets to punch him, but he's dealing with the repercussions of those encounters. And I think yes. it's, again, the storytelling that you're saying with Ghost Hunters, you're not punching the ghost, you're dealing with the the fallout of the fact there is a ghost. Uh, and what yeah, uh, the broken, broken lives, brainwashed captives, people who've been possessed and their lives have been ruined, that kind of thing. All those poor mutilated uh, Because that makes cows. for drama. Yeah, mm. those cows being dropped from flying saucers on people. Um... Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think we've exhausted all the possible things, uh, ideas. I'm sure there's more mental ideas of not that uh, that could obviously fit into it, um, and I'm sure could be expanded if further because we're mostly talking it from it from a very Euro Western centric viewpoint, and I'm sure ghost hunting takes on a very different. You know, ghost hunters and the type of ghost they encounter is very different flavor once you go to say uh, the Middle East and especially go to uh, East Asia and. Oh yeah, well, uh, that's something we've not mentioned, but and that's very remiss of me. But I would, in fact, say that between Blair Witch and the Paranormal Activity, uh, I guess jumping point that's when the West was really exposed to uh, Japanese and South Korean cinema in particular with movies like Ringu and Dark Water and and The Grudge, which, of course, yeah. you know, I think we remade, we, the Americans, <laughs> Chig, Chig specifically, remade. I'm buying the ring. You guys didn't know this, but yeah, it was all me. <laughs> Well, in that case, I blame you and your horrible syndicate brethren. <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, the, that East Asian cinema boom of the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, was really important in bringing ghosts back in a way that most audiences had never seen them. And in fact, the way that the sort of the freaky nun in the background now or the freaky old woman who's kept in the attic or whatever, the way they are presented is very much a pastiche of or um, if you want to be generous, an homage to the way that the Japanese in particular were presenting their ghosts in, in movies about 20 years ago. So yeah, we 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 Hollywood and British cinema are just kind of catching up with that now. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure one thing this book won't do is uh, update and uh, modernize uh, Demon Hunter X uh, from <laughs> Classic World of Darkness. That is oh, a very sadly not. Of a book. Sadly oh, not. Forgot, huh? Yeah, just just totally forgot to do that. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't forget. I that was a deliberate choice. Uh, but <laughs> there, there's some good material in Demon Hunter X, don't be mistaken. There's some good stuff in there. Um, and I know you have tried your best to resuscitate this thing that's been dead on the operating table for the last 25 years. It's a uh, great book for if you want to run anime-style uh, things like Demon City and, and those type of things. So I'm sure you yeah. could use Ghost Hunters in conjunction with that if that's the type of game you want to, to run. Uh, but it's a very different. It's thematically so different. You know, you've yeah, you've got cyber gear in there. Um, <laughs> the kinds uh, of people that like that kind of thing. It's the kind of thing those people like. Um, but yeah, it's obviously got very strong ties to Kindred of the East, and yes. Kindred of the East has some brilliant ghost uh, story stuff in it. But yeah, for obvious reasons, we're not touching that. Of course. Um, right. I think that is that everything, Chick. If we covered everything possible to talk about ghost hunting in World of Darkness 20th anniversary, I think so. Um, the only other thing that yeah. we need to say is you know, go back that Kickstarter because I want more stretch goals and I've backed it. So, come yes. on, yep, I've backed it too. Um, and as we finish up then for the episode uh other things that are worth plugging and saying that are out i have a print on demand copy of uh of they came from beneath the seas so you can get that oh thank well. you very much i've yet to read it yet because i've been busy with everything else but shame on you send it back 
Yes. Um, are there other things you wish to plug, Matthew, that are coming out, will be coming out, or out now? Well, on the ghost motif, they came from beyond the grave as currently on backer kit. So if yeah. anyone missed the Kickstarter for that, they came from beyond the grave did better than beneath the sea. And I put that down to people jiving more with the 1970s era of horror than 1950s era of B movies. Uh, maybe that was a bit short-sighted of me to do it that way around. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, Beyond the Grave was really popular on Kickstarter, very gratifyingly so. And so if you love 1970s era horror with splashes of Technicolor blood, a bit of exploitation mixed in, then please do check that out. Uh, and we mentioned Let the Streets Run Red at the beginning of the episode. I am really proud of this book for Vampire the Masquerade. For some reason, although I know Chicago by Night is widely acclaimed as being a great book, and you know, I'm not taking sole credit for that, but I'm very proud of the work I did on that. I am equally as proud of Let the Streets Run Red because it is so damn difficult to write a chronicle for Vampire the Masquerade that people can actually play and enjoy and not feel is horribly linear and strict mm. and we've somehow managed to get four uh, respective stories each with a different tone each with a different theme and plot and each with enough flexibility to allow players to do the kinds of things players do all while maintaining the integrity of each respective plot so that's no small thing uh, there's a lot of old vampire the masquerade books i love the giovanni saga you know the transylvania chronicles venture chronicle and so on but in many ways, a lot of them are flawed because of how backseat the player characters become or just how strict everything is. It gives no room for you to wander off the road. Let the Streets Run Red gives a lot of room, and I think the writers just did such a brilliant job, and it looks beautiful too. So please do check it out when it appears on Drive Through RPG. Excellent. And was that Anything else you wanted to just mention as we finish up then? Or have we exhausted everything you you can talk about? Well, anticipation, Chris, because mm. as we know, after Let the Streets on Red, Cults of the Blood Gods will be coming out. Uh, the art is pretty much all, it's all contracted. So it won't be long before it's all in for Cults, which is lovely. But there is also a personal vested interest on your part, I know, in the Cuts of the Blood Gods stretch goals. And again, very, I'm very happy with these because oh, we're a little way off with them. We've got Trails of Ash and Bone, uh, which is another big book of stories. We've got Children of the Blood, which uh, our very own Chris Handley uh, was a contributing author on. And um, it's come back from Paradox. There's always some cuts, always some amendments, but there's also a lot of content that's been retained, thankfully. And I am just so pleased that we could, and I don't know why I didn't think of doing it sooner, do another Children of the a vampire book so we've now got inquisition night revolution blood and a lot of these characters most of them are attached to the various cults in vampire the masquerade in some way and a lot of them are terrible terrible horrible characters that are brilliant to use mm. the antagonists so looking forward to that and then we got forbidden religions uh, yes. which begs the question of if in a world where the Church of Set and the Bihari and the Church of Cain exist, what the fuck do you have to do to make your religion forbidden? And this book <laughs> this book goes some way to explaining what you need to with B5's uh, very first infernalist cults, among others. It's yeah, and that's a it's a really exciting thing as well as writing characters that are you know related to those things because i think it's the it's as you said it's the the fun of bringing ecclesiarchal horror or related kind of cult horror to vampire the masquerade which previously has been so dominated by the sabbat versus the anarchs versus the camarilla and now mm -hmm. we're getting these you know, V5 has this world which has been turned on its head somewhat, uh, and so there's room for all these little ancient or not-so-ancient cults to come up through the woodwork and have some fun. Um, yeah, it really changes the setting in a lot of ways, and I can't think of any way it does it negatively, because it's not like the Anarchs and the Camera aren't still there, and I have no doubt 
but the Sabat will return at some point soon. Uh, so yeah, there's Sabat will return. You said that in the way, like you know, at the end of James Bond. Films, yeah, so James Bond Sabat will, return. will return in Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> right. Um, cool. I think that is everything then. Um, yeah, so to finish up, Matthew, where can they find you on social media and where they can bug you about errata? <laughs> Please use the errata form we send out. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, you can bug me on matthewdawkins.com. All my links, all my social media uh, is there, including Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I believe, pretty much everywhere you might want to find me. Excellent. And Chig, where can they find everything about Darker Days Radio and contacting us? Well, they can contact us uh, via email at darkerdays at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash darkerdaysradio. We're on Twitter at at darkerdaysradio. And of course, we are on Instagram, Tumblr, on Tabletop, YouTube, Twitch. And of course, we have our Discord. There's links in the show notes, guys. Yep, there's links there, and uh, of course, always, uh, this will come out, um, by the time this comes out, it won't be, October will still be going, you can head over to, uh, you can head over to Drive Through RPG to the Storyteller Vault, there is a sale currently on for Halloween products for uh, Chronicles of Darkness right now, uh, also, Venice on Mass for this entirety of this month is 50% off, which is an expansion for Changeling the Lost uh, first edition, but I've just updated the rules for second edition. I just need to actually put it in a PDF and push it out, and that will be free if you buy, if you buy that book. Um, and if you watched our stream of Sins Washed Away, you can grab that scenario on the uh, Storytellers Vault as well. Right, well, that's, that is that is everything in a nice one-hour episode. So again, thank you, Matthew, for talking to us about talking to us about uh, ghost hunters and uh, everything else. It's always a pleasure to talk to you on the podcast. Thank, thank you, you, as always, for having me on. Thank you for co-hosting and asking some excellent questions, as always. Absolutely. And with that, uh, thank you for listening and take care. And we will be back soon with some other spooky content. So goodbye for now. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Thank you.